0: How's everyone doing? Let's make some noise! Come on! I'm a fun guy,
1: and if you know me, Thanos is my favorite character. You can't get a draw against Trinidad? Do you smell what the Rock is cooking? I don't know. I got no merch. What people ask what Omaha means,
0: no, but uh, I will with your wife.
1: Willard long-range three, and it's good. Gronkowski didn't have the angle. Sucks out! Why well, here comes the pizza?
0: See it? <laughs> it's highly unnecessary
1: the scorer has fired first two to Madrid glory <laughs> glory <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the almost world famous wide open sportscast. I am Rick.
1: I am Fed. A very, and very special. What is it, Rick?
0: 50, number five oh episode. Man, it's one. I mean, we've been, we haven't been able to record because you've been having to deal with uh, finals and shit on your end
1: apologies for being away for so long school has was a absolute chaotic ending this year and it was non-stop work for about the past month but it's finally over and here we are it is summer and it's episode 50 Absolutely and
0: crazy. and I don't know what to say man I, I kind of want start off like this what was your most favorite story we've covered since we've been recording.
1: You really have to ask me that question?
0: I mean, I think I know, but why don't you say it?
1: Super Bowl 52. Easy. Easily. I actually, I was thinking about my top three. I said my top three were, one, Eagles winning the Super Bowl, two, Red Sox winning the World Series, three, getting the cover of the World Cup. Um, That would definitely be my top. What about yours?
0: Um... I would say Eagles in my top three, just just for you, um, and also uh,
1: you're such a good friend.
0: I'm, I'm good friend. Uh, my mom got to see you before she passed, so definitely Eagles uh, was up there. Um, probably probably my number two has been uh, <laughs> my my favorite moment was when we do the draft coverage, especially the NFL draft coverage. We have a lot of draft coverage today. Uh, but yeah, definitely draft coverage. Um, and then my favorite sports moment since we rec- uh, we've been recording. Unfortunately we didn't get to talk about it and I get to throw in your face a little bit. Liverpool over Tottenham Champions League baby
1: went wah, went. Wah, wah. Well, congrats to that dude. Now that um it's officially out there for those of you that don't know, Tottenham and Liverpool played each other in the Champions League final and Liverpool won. And
0: if you don't if you don't know what the Champions League final is, think of it as the Super Bowl for the rest of the world.
1: Literally, yes, like it is the Super Bowl of soccer, but it's literally the Super Bowl for the rest of the world. I couldn't put that any better, and obviously um kind of a big deal there I was just happy we made it for our circumstances no stadium no signing and an enormous amount of injuries the fact that we even made the final was an unbelievable feat but congratulations Rick six times it's all I have to hear about my brother tells me about it almost every other day now six times I'm just kidding but (laughs) It seems like that way because, um, how many of our friends are Liverpool fans?
0: Um, Too many. me, Panzer, Gleason, Chris Green, uh, cast cast Well, I, dude, I haven't talked to him in fucking ages, so I have no idea what the hell he's doing, but he's definitely still a Liverpool fan. I know oh that.
1: yeah. I've seen his Twitter. He's definitely a Liverpool fan. All right.
0: So Yeah. Uh, but man, it, it was a great time and you know what, let's just, let's just jump right into it, man. And, uh, probably the, probably the biggest thing that has been, that, that has happened since we have gone is the Pelicans Lakers trade mm-hmm. where the Lakers got Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, they got the number four draft pick in Thursday's draft, uh, I, I, t- Top eight projected 2021 first round pick, which becomes unprotected in 2022. Uh, Ingram, Lonzo Ball and uh, Hart. So all that for for one man, one one beast of a basketball player.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, they that is in one juggernaut of a um, backcourt now with LeBron and anthony davis now isn't it
0: yeah man and i would say probably the 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 big question is who won that trade who do you think won that trade so Uh,
1: let's look at it this way um it is a massive massive gamble by the los angeles lakers enormous you're virtually throwing away their six players you got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, we're all a part of your future, gone. Yeah, they still got Kuzma. But there's still a lot of players that, if you look back two years ago, people were very, very excited about this young Lakers team. So the future has been traded away, and, I mean, especially with all those draft picks. I think the Pelicans somehow turned it into even more picks when um, they traded away the fourth-round pick to the um, – didn't they traded to the Hawks, yeah. When they when they gave it over there, uh, oh no, that was the. They made so many moves; it's confusing. <laughs> but they virtually turned it around. I think into a total of about eight or nine players that they're gonna get for Anthony Davis. Um, my gut is going to say I think the Pelicans are gonna win this trade in the long run. Immediate returns. The Lakers will be more successful. I don't think they have enough. I'll get into that in a little bit. The Pelicans, for the future, are absolutely set. They have a boatload of draft picks. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Josh Hart are not the worst players to get in return by any means. And they just drafted Zion. So, I think in the long run, I think we'll look back and see that the Pelicans... Are going to be the winner of this trade, even though the Lakers I think are going to be more efficient off of the gate. That's my take on that. What do you think?
0: Uh, well, yes, this is definitely um, this is now turned into an hour never uh, event for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, with the with them with Anthony Davis and if LeBron can stay healthy. That's that's the big thing at this point in his career. LeBron can stay healthy and Anthony Davis can play at the level that he's been playing for years, which I don't. There's no signs of him stopping yet. Uh, is going to be a great return right away for the Lakers because I mean, Lonzo Ball definitely wasn't wasn't the best pickup for them, so they had to get rid of him. Was developing a little bit more as a player, but. For being a second overall pick, averaging ten points a game, that's not that great. Uh, Brandon Brandon Ingram, I mean, he was a, he's a good player, so that's that's just a solid pickup for the Pelicans. Uh, and Josh Hart, um, de- definitely also a solid pickup right there. Um, and I agree. I think the biggest thing is all these picks that the Pelicans got in return, plus they got Lonzo, plus. They got rid of the stigma for the fans, which is Anthony Davis, which honestly, if he stayed, that would have been a great that would have been a great power play right there, too. Oh, 100 percent. Anthony Davis kind of wanted out of there. But my feeling is once they got number one and it was Zion, like he may have wanted to stay. Uh, I know I would have liked to stay to play with Zion, but. That he had to go and he went to probably the best place he could go at the at the current moment which was the Los Angeles Lakers cuz
1: if he went anywhere else it was going to be a rental like there there's some people saying he was going to go to Boston but I was like yeah you're going to get you're going to get Anthony Davis for one year yeah and it's really worth
0: it yeah and I, I i wouldn't say it's really worth it because i mean Boston would be is I don't know what the hell Boston is doing right now, you know, especially with the whole Kyrie Irving situation where that's that's another situation I'd like to talk about is Kyrie Irving. In my personal opinion, I don't think he deserves a max contract anywhere.
1: And why is that?
0: Uh, Because I, I feel like he's yes, he can he can ball out. He can he, he can fucking play, but since he's been on Boston, I feel like he's been more of a nuisance than, than a helper to the team. I, th- I think he's definitely caused a lot more problems than helped problems with what he said to the media. And he he's been injured before he's injury prone and he's definitely not able to win a championship on his own. Now, Saying that, if, if like the Knicks decide to get him and max out him and KD, you know, that would probably be good. But I, I would be very weary if I was an NBA GM right now when it comes to Kyrie Irving. That, I,
1: I think that's definitely a fair thing. Um, I'll give my spiel on that when we get into free agency because I have a whole... I do agree with being weary. I definitely agree with you on that. Okay. Um, But this is what I'll say. I'll go, I guess I'll go into it a little bit more later. The Nets are not wrong. It, it seems like every indication is Kyrie's going to the Nets. You know, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more later. But every indication, it seems like Kyrie's going to the Nets. Right. But the Nets apparently have stated they are wary of signing and bringing him on without a second star player for that reason
0: yeah because he's he's not he he, when he was drafted the Cavaliers and Cavaliers brought back LeBron James he he was definitely at first definitely a little upset about that because he was brought there to be the leader and then all of a sudden he wasn't leader and then he was brought to Boston to be the leader and look what happened there. Like they they played like crap and and or were injured. I wouldn't say crap is a little too harsh, but they, they play they underwhelmed. Yes, what they that
1: Boston team had no business being a four seed, no business whatsoever. That was a way more talented team than it showed they, that that team had no business being a four seed.
0: Yeah, they did because they play in the East.
1: Well, what I meant as I meant as in they should have been higher. When you look at their talent and their roster, I I think that you mentioned them being in the top three, maybe pushing Toronto or Milwaukee for you know the one or the two. And I'm saying that from the start of last season, with Gordon Hayward coming back healthy, Tatum, Smart, Horford, Kyrie. That healthy team has a lot of loaded talent on them. And I think on paper, I would I see them match up evenly with Toronto. I don't think they have anyone that could stop Giannis. But they just underwhelmed so much. They weren't even close to the Sixers in third. I think Boston's better than Philadelphia on paper. On the court, they weren't because they were all over the place. They had an abysmal season compared to their standards. I think on paper, though, I think Boston's better than Philadelphia.
0: I I I think so too, but they didn't play well, and I think a huge reason. I think Boston will probably play better once they get rid of Kyrie Irving. I I think they were
1: better without him this year in the record. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I may I maybe no. I'm thinking about when KD was sitting, because KD when he was sitting with the for the Golden State Warriors, they were like fourteen and one. Which is crazy mm-hmm. for be for a guy that's that good, but Draymond I'd,
1: saying that they can win without KD. But um,
0: well, I mean, they did win the one game when KD was in for three fourths of it. Mm-hmm. So, if KD was in, they they may have lasted a little bit longer in those playoffs.
1: I would agree with you there. I think. I think it at least goes to seven.
0: Yeah, probably. It at but, least gets to seven. But I mean, back backtracking uh, to to Boston. I mean, it's probably they're probably winning by losing Kyrie Irving.
1: So why don't we transition? Then we'll go to talk about free agency a little bit before we go and re- uh, review the draft. So yeah, Kyrie's leaving. Horford's leaving. Looks like that Celtics project's about to blow up. Um, and all signs and indications are that Kyrie Irving is going to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he fired his agent and signed with Rock Nation. So, Jay-Z is his agent, former owner of the Nets. He's been seen in Brooklyn. He was out at the 40-40 club with Karis Levert. The Nets have made the moves. They traded Allen Crabb and his contract to the Atlanta Hawks. They got Tayshaun Prince back in return. Uh, They let Rondé Hollis-Jefferson go. So the Nets are clearing space. And the Nets now have room for two max contract players. The the rumor is that all of a sudden, apparently, maybe the Nets are starting to gain some traction on KD. Where originally it was KD is going to go to the Knicks or he's going to stay in Golden State. Apparently, the Nets have now thrown their name into the hat. Is it like a certified thing like with almost how definite it seems like Kyrie is going to the Nets? No, not even close. I think Kyrie out of all the free agents, his destiny is pretty much already decided um, with literally every sign looking like he's going to go to Brooklyn. But like I said, they are worried for the reasons you just discussed about if Kyrie is going to be the star of the show. Like you said, in Boston, said a lot of the wrong things. Wasn't necessarily the best leader. I mean, how do you go from starting the beginning of the season and saying, yeah, you know, if you'll have me back, I'd love to resign here, to at the end of the season saying goodbye. I mean, talk about a hell of a divorce with a franchise, am I right? <laughs> um, I,
0: I mean, yeah, that's it, it goes on to the points that I made before. Yeah. But yeah.
1: I do think, though, that the Nets will be all right with him because apparently a big part of it too is he was not of a fan of the culture in Boston and you know not necessarily the biggest expert here on the culture of the Boston Celtics but you had a lot of talented players with a lot of egos in there the Brooklyn Nets have a great culture amongst their team everyone likes each other you have no big-headed players on the team You don't have like this clashing of talent right now. So do I think being in Brooklyn and having a fresh start for Kyrie, will it be better? Yes. Do I think he can do the job by himself? Why would I believe it? Because he hasn't done it yet. If he gets another star with him, I think the Nets can start to make some moves. Because the Nets have also talked about another free agent. Apparently, they've had discussions with Tobias Harris. He's in the mix for the Nets. Apparently, the Nets have a very, very, very remote chance at Kawhi. But, I mean, I'm wasting my breath bringing that up. He's staying in Toronto. We're going to the Clippers. So, I think think at the end of the day, no matter what happens, Kyrie's going to the Nets. That's what all the signs say. As a Nets fan, I will gladly, gladly welcome Kyrie. But now, Rick, here comes the question I'm going to ask you. And this is the other side of the question of if they get Kyrie, what happens to D'Angelo Russell?
0: Well, I, you brought you brought up a, a a big point about the Nets now, and I, I'm no expert on the Nets, but you're you're claiming that there's no big no big heads with the Nets, and everyone is kosher with each other. And bringing someone like Kyrie is kind of like bringing it would be like bringing in like a Chris Paul type person who, where Chris Paul seems like a very destructive player to a team. Yeah. Like his intentions are good, but it seems like it's a very destructive player to a team. So if, if you're bringing him in, you, you got to make sure there has to be something put down saying, listen, man, you got to watch your tone around us. Cause we're, we're good here. We're not great. And we'll be better with you. But cooler heads better prevail there. Otherwise, the Nets are going to end up like the Celtics were when they had Kyrie. So, that that would be my, my only problem. Do I think the Nets should go after him? Yeah, all signs go there. And I'm sorry, what was the initial question that you brought up about D'Angelo?
1: Yeah, what happens to him?
0: Does he move position?
1: Well, a lot of the reports are saying he's gone if they get Kyrie. I think think that you could have two guards. I think if you can't get another star, you have another max contract. He's definitely earned his contract in Brooklyn or wherever he goes. He had an outstanding season this year, so he's earned his money. But I can't see, though, why not if you can't get a KD or you can't land one of the other stars in free agency – why can't you just give him the contract?
0: Because I, I feel like that would cause the big head issue. Like, I don't know D'Angelo Russell. I don't know this, but money changes people. Mo- money has always changed people. So if you give this guy a big contract, then, yeah, it, it's got to change him. And there's going to be some clashing there. Now, he's not he's not a star in the league like, like Seth... Steph uh, like LeBron so he doesn't have that pull and also you don't give a guy a mass contract who hasn't brought you to the finals consistently so Kyrie he may have not been the guy but he's come up in big situations when it comes to final games
1: oh yeah I'll still stand by the fact that the Cavs don't win that Game Seven if it's not for he dropped forty points in Game Six and Game Seven. I still stand by the fact that Cavs don't win that ring if they didn't have him.
0: Oh, I one hundred percent agree, and that like that that is his best game ever, hundred percent. But I mean, I don't I don't think you just give people max contracts to make them stay because what happens when when this guy all of a sudden. Turns out to be nothing, because there are players. Yeah, this guy's earned it, and most likely he'll still continue his trend of being a great player. But he's not going to be he's not going to be the big dog there once Kyrie comes. He's not going to he he's not going to produce the same when Kyrie comes, because Kyrie's going to want the ball more. So there's there's got to be some clashing of the Titans, and I would I would never give him a max contract because. There would be plenty of other people in the league right now who I give a max contract. You're, if if KD does go to the Brooklyn Nets, which for me I feel like is a long shot, I, I still see KD going to the Knicks. But if KD goes with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, you you got to keep that max contract open because there's too much star power out there. The Nets have too much money not to give it to one of these stars and make a push in the playoffs.
1: And especially you have to take into consideration with KD, he might be out all next year.
0: Well, the the thing with KD, uh, I think he should go to the Knicks, and I think the Knicks should give him the max contract this year. Pay it off. Yeah, throw away this year. But then you have R.J. Barrett, who's going to have a year underneath his belt. Playing for the Knicks, Then he's going to be teamed up with KD. I mean, that's that's going to be a dangerous, dangerous combination right there.
1: And also, assuming even with RJ Barrett, if you have KD out for the year, the Knicks will still be a lottery pick team. You never know who else they could get.
0: They might be a lottery pick team, or they might actually produce and get into the playoffs. You never know.
1: Yeah,
0: because. I- uh, because really, we don't know how good RJ Barrett is yet. Because yeah, we saw him play in college, but college ball is not NBA ball. So you gotta see how good this guy is. Cause yeah, he's probably gonna be good. But I mean, a couple years ago we had the bust Alonzo ball, and he True. and and he was a second round pick where RJ was a third round pick. Plus, you never know any of these guys that are drafted later in the draft. We'll end up like another Kyrie, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was drafted 15th overall mm-hmm. to the Spurs. So, yeah, these top three players, yeah, they're probably good, and they're going to bring a lot of people to fill in seats, but are they going to win you rings yet? You don't know. So I would say R.J. Barrett will be in a better situation with, Kyrie, with uh, K.D. sitting on the bench. Brooklyn Nets should not go after K.D., And it's kind of backtracking what I said, but I think it'd be better for the Brooklyn Nets to find a way to get DeAndre to sign, not at max, but to sign back with them. And because I don't know where he would go. Where would he go at this point?
1: Timberwolves apparently have been a destination. Hmm. I mean, Either way, if we build around D'Lo, I won't be mad either. A lot of people are saying that's the other option. Don't sign Kyrie, build around D'Angelo. I wouldn't be mad about that.
0: I wouldn't be mad about that either. And if they do that, then that then that's when you try to get the max contract for Kevin Durant. Yeah. Or one, one, of, these other, one of these other guys.
1: Now, moving on to another free agent with Kawhi, obviously now the king in the north, winning the NBA Finals and the MVP. The first player to win... The finals MVP with two different teams in two different conferences. Um, is he gonna stay in Toronto or is he gonna be heading to the Clippers?
0: Uh, man, I that that is that is a rough, rough question to answer. Cause I feel like both ways would be in his benefit. Cause he he obviously wouldn't be able to be paid at Paid the same amount if he stayed in Toronto. He went to the Clippers. He would get the max amount, so it'd be more beneficial for him to go to the Clippers. He's already got rings, so he he doesn't have to be a ring chaser. He doesn't seem like he's a guy that needs to get after the six rings of Michael Jordan like all these other guys are. Yeah. So I. It, I mean it would it shock me if he stayed? No. Would it shock me if he went to the Clippers? No this is a situation where this guy has all the power between these two teams. Kind of like how Kevin Durant had all the power a couple years ago when he was laying next to, next to his pool and literally had GMs come up to him and talk to him. In Oklahoma city.
1: Yeah. I, that was, that was, that was an incredible time.
0: Yeah. So I, he, he has all the power. Uh, I, I think at this point, I, And this is not me saying that he's a bad guy or anything, but I I would see him more go to the Clippers than to stay in Toronto because he was brought to Toronto literally as a rental and it was known that he was a rental. Now that he won the championship and if he resigns, they could probably win another champ. They could have another championship run. I can't say if they'll win again because, uh, you could argue that there could be an asterisk next to this championship for the Raptors because of all the injuries that the Golden State Warriors had. Uh, probably I can probably see him more in L.A. at this point than I can with the Raptors.
1: I agree with you there. Um, I agree that he's in a win win either way. He's going to make whatever team he goes to better. And I do think that that does have a little bit, you know, works into his advantage. Is that it is known he is a rental. I really think if he got up and left, the city of Toronto would not be mad. They knew he was a rental. He got them their championship, and he's gone. Did his job, right?
0: Yeah, and there and there are plenty of other examples in sports when when there literally was a rental to win a championship. Like at us as Devils fans. Oh yeah, the Russian rental, Alexander Mogilny. 2003 to win that championship. We, we literally traded for him and we knew he was going to be a rental.
1: And even in 2012, the devil's made some moves to get to the, you know, when we made that run to the Stanley cup finals. Um, so it's nothing new. I do think it is Kawhi's time to, to play in a, no offense to Toronto, no offense to San Antonio. It's time for him to get into a big market city.
0: Yeah. And honestly, this is probably the perfect way because history-wise this is the this is the bottom team in a big market at which a team possibly could have a lot oh, I was I, I was thinking a few weeks ago they they a lot better upswing than the Lakers do but the Lakers now have AD and LeBron so that's that's a that's a combo of the ages right there uh but the Clippers are on the upswing We'll just have to see if they'll be able to be the top team in LA.
1: Whoever thought growing up that we'd be living in a world for such a amount of years in a row that the Clippers were better than the Lakers?
0: Yeah, well, this year could change.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's I think that rivalry is going to be respectable again this year. Yeah, because I feel like for the especially
0: fir- if they get especially if they get Kawhi.
1: It almost feels like for the first time ever that this rivalry could be you know something special because the Lakers were good forever and the Clippers weren't then when the Clippers got good that's when the Lakers kind of lost it for a little bit
0: yeah I mean what I mean right right as uh Blake Griffin and uh Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan were there like being the big guys in LA that was a fun team to watch now you could have two fun LA teams and it's nice i mean there's not many uh, obviously LA and New York they're bef- they're definitely the the two teams or the two cities that generally have two teams playing in the league most of the time will be uh, will be in the same arena a lot of the time
1: yeah
0: so it'll it'll be fun watching that rivalry yeah, I'm I ho- looking forward to that. I, I hope you're right that it'll be a worthwhile rivalry to watch, even though their games are going to be at, played at fucking 10 o'clock on a Wednesday on <laughs> TNT, as as we're as we're trying to go to bed, go to work. For, <laughs> Damn so. you,
1: East Coast! How how yeah. much of a bullshit is it that Toronto is playing nine o'clock finals games?
0: To cater uh, to the
1: West Coast. Like the, the games in Toronto who are on our time zone are starting at nine o'clock at night.
0: Well, that's where the bigger markets are right now. So you gotta cater to that. As as think of it as a business aspect, that's where the bigger markets are for NBA teams. So you gotta cater to that. Because if, if they played at seven, uh I mean, Golden State fans would be would have to get out at work at like two o'clock to get to a place to watch it. True. At at four o'clock, so, and they would have to leave work early, and that's you don't want that. You especially really don't want that.
1: True. Uh, and then Rick, before we transition into the NHL, NBA draft, Zion's going number one. Was this the new era for the New Orleans Pelicans? Because we talked about the Pelicans oh. and the moves they made, but we didn't get to talk about Zion.
0: Well, I mean, one, I I'm mean, one. 1 2 and 3 there was absolutely no surprises mm-hmm. uh, there, there there really weren't any surprises this year but also it wasn't it wasn't so jam packed of a draft this year I felt like there are a lot of good players but you don't know if they're going to be star caliber players yet I feel like but, the
1: only surprise was Bolbol following falling mid second round
0: yeah bolbol i i thought that was that was interesting but I also see him like he's uh Who's that one lanky dude? Lanky dude, that was on the Washington Bullets.
1: I forget. The Nets used to have Georgie Miras on. He was 7-7. Seven, seven.
0: Yeah, l- yeah, lanky. Uh the big problem with dudes that are like built like a stick and are that tall. The problem with them is they don't last long because they they seem to be very injury prone. Yeah. So with Bull Bull going that, that far down, I'm not I'm not shocked about that. I think it's a great second round pick. That's probably probably one of the best could be one of the best steals of the second round. But that dude needs to put some muscle on his arms. Cause he's gonna be gonna be bowled over by the likes of LeBron James and Blake Griffin, just a bunch of big dudes that are gonna take it to him.
1: He needs some milk.
0: He, dude, he needs a lot of milk. Yeah.
1: Um, but what I do like though about the Pelicans approach is that the Pelicans are kind of cooling off the expectations on Zion a little bit because they're like, yo, he's still like 18 years old. Like, yeah, it's going to take time. This is not going to be an overnight transformation. He's not turning this team into a contender overnight. This, the Pelicans team right now is an absolute project. And I think four years down the road from now, watch out. This team could be. Very dangerous. If this they build I mean, the right way.
0: But I mean, you could be wrong in this team could be amazing right now, or they could suck. I mean yeah. it, it it is it is a complete shot in the dark. Really, the only players that we know about are the the players that were traded to them from the Lakers. And Ingram is definitely definitely a star. He's he's not a max contract star, but he's a star. Lonzo, uh He's coming off the bench. Ripped his father brand. <laughs> Yeah, his father got kicked off of ESPN. So I mean, things yeah, are going yeah, good in the chat. <laughs> things are going well for the uh, the Ball family right now. Um so <laughs> so I uh I I would I would say maybe a little less time and we'll know. Maybe in like 2 years. We'll know. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Zion is minus 320 for rookie of the year and the rest of the field is like plus 400 who are you taking there
0: uh I may take one of the plus 400 because I, I feel like I would try to find the rookie that's on a developed team that's probably going to play and I, I didn't really look that up before we started this so get back to me uh next time we record and I'll uh I'll give you my answer no
1: definitely will um. So, Rick, with that, let's jump over to the NHL, where we also had a draft, where our very own New Jersey Devils were very, very active.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the the NFL, or I'm sorry, not the NFL, the NHL draft. Also, not not huge shockers there. Uh, I mean, Jack Hughes coming in as number one. Um. Jack Hughes coming in as number one is not shocking, but also is he ready to play yet? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll have to see if he's going to make an immediate impact because dude is as tall as me, and he may be an inch shorter than me, but he has amazing puck handling skills. But once
1: again, he needs some milk.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So... He, he was definitely, we could have gotten a lot of good things out of Jack Hughes. We could have gotten a lot of good things out of New York Rangers pick, which is Capo Cacco, I yep. think his name is. Capo Caku. Yeah, which, which one, that's an awesome name. Yeah. Uh, that, that's just an awesome name. That's like, I can't wait for the the, the chance for that. Even though he's on the Rangers, it'll, it'll be a good chance. And then number three, uh, Kirby, Kirby Darsh. Uh, from Saskatoon, which the uh, the Blackhawks got. I mean, that's that's also a really good pick right there. So we could we could have gone one, two, three. Could everything gone right? But am I am I the happiest that we got Jack Hughes? Yes, he's he's gonna be a dangerous, dynamic player. So having that on our team is going to be fun. And then the other the other big news is the. Uh, the two major trades that were done so far i love the first one well actually uh, well, actually let me let me uh, talk about this one patrick Marlowe going to the hurricanes Yeah, i saw that for a bunch of prospects and picks i mean that that's a great veteran presence on a young team that has playoff potential Playoff potential would seem like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So having having one more veteran uh to help Mr. Game Seven, Justin Williams, that that is going to be huge for a team that is that was on the upswing last year, is going to be on the upswing and very dangerous next year.
1: Just a bunch of jerks. I mean, yeah, look, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Yeah. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and in my opinion, the only reason why they didn't go go past the Eastern Conference Finals was because of their lack of experience. Yep. I mean, that. that I mean that's, that's a cliche answer, but it's so true. When they got completely dominated by the Boston Bruins, uh, I think it was just a lack of experience and them shooting themselves in the leg a lot of the time. So having that veteran presence... Sending a guy like that to a team that has Stanley Cup potential, who's never won a Stanley Cup, uh, that's that's huge for them. And then now the one that you were talking about before, that's huge. Uh, the New Jersey Devils getting PK Subban. Yes. What yes. the hell? Yes.
1: yes. Ray
0: Shiro, yes. you. Ray Shiro, you effing genius. Like I mean, this guy. Not, not, he's older but not incredibly old. He's 30 years old. Yeah. Which I mean that sounds crazy to you and me cuz we're we're on the brink of 30 in a couple of years, but guys, 30 years old one of the top offensive defense guys in the league, which is something we needed we need desperately. Yeah. We just need more offense. We need our ability to score. Match him up on the power play with Taylor, Taylor Hall and and uh excuse me. Uh who the hell am I thinking? Nico, yeah. I mean, it's that's gonna be that's gonna be a dream, and Palms, that's gonna be a dream. So, what what the Devils had to give up were a bunch of pretty much a bunch of prospects and a couple second round picks. For that, uh, that is well worth the price. Hmm. Now, now the big thing, the only reason why we were able to take this was because PK's contracts. It's not the best contract for us. But if he de- if he produces and develops and stays healthy for us, it's a uh, it's a bullet I'm willing to bite because ha- having this star power on our team. So I said we're getting stars on our team. I feel like we haven't had stars on our team since Kobolchuk. Now we're getting stars. We have Hall. We have Nico. We have PK Subban. We just drafted number one overall, who, which hopefully this guy will develop into a star. Devils. We're not there yet, but, but we're, we're making there. we're making a lot of good moves, and we can make a we can make a uh, huge impact soon, hopefully.
1: And I mean, especially if you get Subban with Sammy Vaughton and healthy, I feel like that's a great first pairing. That's a great first pairing. Yes. Um, and then. I do agree with you that the Devils are not there yet. I think this was a move to signify to Taylor Hall, we are serious. Stay. Sign the extension. And I know that Taylor Hall has been saying he's not thinking about it. He doesn't want to do anything until July 1st until he starts talking about the extension. But I feel like this move by the Devils was us saying, we are willing to build around you. We are serious about making this team good. Stay. Yeah. I agree. I think, and especially Nico has been growing, um, getting better with each year. I do think that the Devils made the correct move there by taking him over Patrick Nolan. um, Nolan Patrick. Um, But I think with this draft, I think the Devils 100% made the right move by getting Jack Hughes first. I agree with what analysts are saying is that at first, Kaka will make more of an impact. He's bigger. And he's more ready for the physical aspect of the NHL game, where Jack Hughes is a little bit maturing and growing up to do. But I still think we're going to look down five years from the road from now and say that we made a phenomenal move in getting Jack Hughes. I mean, how long has he been hailed as the number one pick? Like we were, this was not the draft to get the number one pick. It was the draft to see who gets Jack Hughes. Um, and. I'm really, really excited. A, he's American. That's awesome. Only the eighth American number one overall pick. Um, but I do think, though, Kako at first will make more of an impact, but down the road, Jack Hughes is going to be the real deal. I mean, look at our centers going forward for, like, the next 10 years, Nico and um, Jack Hughes.
0: Nico, Jack Hughes, I mean – Travis Zajac, I mean, he's he's been one of the most consistent centermen, but he's he's out in the next next couple of years.
1: Yeah, he's definitely getting up there in age. And Rick, my question for you with this is, I'm gonna combine it into two. Is Hughes and Kako going to be the new Crosby Ovechkin, like a lot of people are building it up to be? And secondly, is this officially the rebirth? ...of the Devils-Rangers rivalry? Because, let's be honest... ...since 2012... ...hasn't been the same.
0: Um, I, I, I hope this helps... ...rebirth that rivalry. Um, I, I don't think it's there yet. I think we actually need to play a couple games... ...to make it seem like a rivalry again. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to say... ...no initially. I'm also going to say no... ...initially to these two being the next Ovi Crosby rookie year because I, o- Ovechkin and Crosby were, were absolute dream players. It's it's like when the Penguins got Mario Lemieux except for two different teams. Like it's, those are, it, are I don't think these two are going to make as big of, a, of an impact right away as Hughes and, excuse me, Hughes and Katko are going to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I would actually argue Katko is probably going to make more of an impact for the Rangers initially than Jack Hughes is for the Devils because part of me is thinking it's probably not going to happen, but part of me is thinking Jack Hughes could play in the minors for half a year before he comes up. I can see that because i am the the biggest worry about him is his size but i mean also people people in the league that are not that big have made huge huge uh, progress i mean patrick kane i mean that's that's you, you think of little guys in the league you think of patrick kane
1: that's who a lot of people are comparing him to even go back a little bit look at paul korea in the nhl
0: paul yeah paul korea so Little guys can make a big impact, but the problem is you want to make sure that the dude is five ten, like one seventy. Dude is tiny. He needs like fifteen pounds more muscle, and he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to build that all up by the time the season starts. Mm-hmm. So, Jack Jack Hughes will be huge for us in two years.
1: Valid. I definitely agree with you there. Um. And then how about some of the free agents? Rip Blue Jackets. Um, Artemi Panarin is a notable free agent as well as Matthew Shane and Bobrovsky as well. Um, so it looks like the Blue Jackets are going to have to commit their future to one of those three. You've also got Anders Lee, a big free agent in our local area, as well as Matt Zuccarello, Joe Pavelski. What are you thinking on some of those names?
0: Well, I think Joe Pavelski is probably going to re-sign with the with the Sharks with the moves that they've made to clear up some money. Uh, so I, I don't think there's any sh- big shocks right there. Um, Bobrovsky is not re-signing with the Blue Jackets. That's it's 100. He said it multiple times. He does not like the area. Not may, probably not the biggest fan of the coach. Um, which for me is kind of surprising, because he has. I mean, I don't like. I like. I don't like the coach just because of our uh, past issues with the Devils. But he's a good coach, so that's that's a little, little shocking for me. Um, I, I I seriously think the Blue Jackets completely screwed themselves because they trade away a lot of up and coming players to get players like Matt Shane so they can make a cup run. And now it's 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 looking like they're going to have nothing.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely uh, I, nothing. I, I I can see re resigning, but I can see that being the only resign. I can see Matt Shane signing maybe like a one-year contract because he he just seems like a uh, he seems like a backpack student of the game, where he's in one place one day and he's another place another day. Like he he is he is a completely. He's a complete rental star, but has been rented by, like, five different teams. Mm-hmm. So, Matthew Shane, I, I, I can't see him signing long-term there. Maybe somewhere else. I, I couldn't really say. Uh, Zook, Zook, I could see coming back to the Rangers. Anders Lee, um, that, that one's a challenging one. Uh, because I don't I don't think the Islanders need him. Yeah. So I I can't I don't I don't know exactly where, but I I would argue that the free agency for the NHL is just as good. Maybe not as good. I would say the, the free agency for the NBA is a lot better right now, just with the amount of star power that's in free agency right now. But this but
1: NHL one's gonna be really good too.
0: This NHL one's gonna be fun to follow. So I have to see where all these people end up. I'm I'm real curious about where Bobrovsky's going to end up because I I could I could think of a, a few teams that that need that need a good goalie. But do they have the money? Like the Florida Panthers, like the Dallas Stars, Calgary Calgary Flames maybe. Hell, maybe even going back uh, to the Flyers. Was, uh, I feel like the
1: flyers wouldn't pull that though because of um what's his face coming up through the system
0: yeah that's true but I, I just part know part. yeah yeah uh I, I just uh, for some reason the uh flyers over the past two seasons have uh had have had ne- negative experiences with goalies including Bobrovsky. But now Bobrovsky is definitely a more proven goalie around the team that could be rebuilding. and Well, that is rebuilding and has potential to make an impact in the playoffs. Maybe not a Stanley Cup, but make an impact in the playoffs. I, I could see him going back.
1: To be fair, name the last decent Flyers goalie they didn't have an issue with. Oh, Hextall. Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean that... And, and then Hextall at, towards the end did become a problem because he was a fucking loose cannon, and then he was a bad GM for them. So, and I I pray to God, there I, I read this. I pray to God that Hextall is not going to become the GM of the Seattle team, because I just see him fucking that up. Oh,
1: too. that'd be so bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be fun to see what the hell happens in an expansion draft with Hextall at the at the reins.
1: Spoiler but, alert, you're not getting the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: <laughs> yeah, if, if, that, if that's the case, but we'll have to see. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, Rick, to wrap up our 50th episode, it has been a great summer of soccer this year with a lot of different tournaments going on. I mean, most importantly going on right now, the Women's World Cup. Um, USA, as I wrote here, blasted through the group stage worse than Drogon blowing up the loot train and the Lannister Army in Game of Thrones. Um, All I think of is the the wagons going and the dragon flying over, just torching everything. That was what the women's soccer team did. 18 goals scored, none conceded. Um, And of course, in there was the infamous 13-0 win over Thailand, as well as a 3-0 win against Chile and a 2-0 win over Sweden. They get revenge after they were knocked out of the Olympics. Rick, what did you make of just them massacring Thailand in the celebrations because a lot of people were very very upset by it. Um, obviously the women justified it. You know, Alex Morgan and them were talking saying we dream about these moments forever. Scoring in the World Cup doesn't matter the score. We're gonna celebrate it. And then Carly Carly Lloyd called a little slack. She scored the first goal against Chile and did a golf clap. Um, what do you think of it?
0: I uh, I I completely agree with that statement because. Get, getting to this point now Alex Morgan like she's been there multiple times but other people that are on this team are i wouldn't say more disposable but more transferable to a younger player so with with people like that on the team that this may be their one and only chance to win a gold medal for United States in in the World Cup like yeah celebrate enjoy it you're not gonna experience this every single day. you're not gonna be playing with these players. you're not gonna be playing on on this stage on this field for the rest of your life and this may be the only time that you have the opportunity. So yes, I completely agree with that. I I the only issue was like the group celebration at 11 goals yeah, it seemed like a little much. I I'll, I'll, I'll give it to the detractors that does seem like a little much but i'm not i'm not i'm not damning them for doing it cuz uh, they're not they're not going to be able to s- one it's an unheard of score this is an impossible score yeah so them to get this score is way better than probably anything they ever achieved in their life besides a gold medal
1: yet alone especially in the world cup 13 nothing the best teams in the world
0: <laughs> yeah man so like I, I'm not going to I'm not going to damn. like I, I get why people were upset, but I'm not going to damn them.
1: And now the thing for the u s. is the road to the final is definitely not the easiest. They can play Spain tomorrow. and then their possible road to the World Cup final and repeating would be France in the quarterfinals, England in the semis, Germany in the final, which is a murderer's row of matchups. That's arguably the other three best teams in the world all in a row. France, obviously the host nation, I think has the best chance of giving them some trouble, but do you think that they can get through France, England, and Germany
0: all in a row? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, I I think it'd be great to
1: see them repeat.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I think it's, it's more than possible. I mean, we, we definitely have, if not the best, one of the best. So, It's not not an impossible hill to overcome. It's going to be a hard hill because, like you said, all three of these teams are great teams that they're most likely going to have to face. But I don't think these teams are as good or better than USA.
1: And I feel like every time I watch the women's American team, they just keep rolling more people off the bench, and you're like, oh, wow, 60th minute, and Kristen Press is coming off the bench. Wow, not a big deal. Or Carly Lloyd comes off the bench. Julie Ertz comes off the bench. It's they—they are so ridiculously deep that I think that's a big advantage for them.
0: One hundred percent. I completely agree.
1: Now the men's, <laughs> um, the men's team playing in the Gold Cup, which is the tournament for CONCACAF, which is North and Central America. Um, they won their first round against Guyana for nothing. Um. Tonight they will play Trinidad and Tobago. We are recording on June twenty second, and they will play Trinidad and Tobago tonight. And Rick, do we even have to mention the last time the United States played Trinidad and Tobago in soccer?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, we can mention it. We we should have turned. I mean, not, nothing you can say besides that, but we should have turned there. Yeah. Um. So, would it be nice? If we were win, yeah, but honestly, at this point, like the the whole system for the men's side needs to be rebuilt, and we need we need to find something. Otherwise, I'm not really looking to pay attention to. I I haven't really been paying attention to this gold cup because I'd rather be watching the woman kick ass.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that someone tweeted after. the U.S. had an abysmal lead up to the Gold Cup. They had their warm ups games. They lost one nothing to Jamaica. Who, in fairness, Jamaica is actually not the worst team in the world. They got Andre Blake is a great goalie. They have a few MLS players. They have a few pros. Like we should be beating Jamaica, but we played the last Gold Cup tournament. We beat Jamaica in the finals in the last five minutes. And that's not like, again, a slap on Jamaica. Jamaica beat Mexico to get there. And Mexico is by far the best team in this tournament. So, losing to Jamaica 1-0, we should still be beating Jamaica, but it's not, like, unheard of. Because Jamaica actually does have a decent team. Yeah. And then we got absolutely clapped by Venezuela 3-0. They gave up the three goals in, like, the first 20 minutes of the game. And, again, Venezuela just beat Argentina, but Argentina sucks. We'll get into that in a second. But... How much pressure do you think is on Greg Bearhalter to get this tournament right? And not just to win? The the expectation of the gold cup every time is that it's a United States Mexico final. It wasn't last the last time it happened because USA lost, USA beat Jamaica in the final. And then even before that, it was supposed to be a USA Mexico final and Jamaica beat the United States in the semis, but Traditionally, this tournament happens every two years, and it's an expectation that the final should be the United States and Mexico. Do you think anything less than the final is a failure for the USA? Uh,
0: no, because I don't think they deserve it. They you, do you, suck. So, like, anything less less than a championship, like, that's that's a far stretch for me right now. Like that, they they need to look inside, uh, find find something that they can work out, so we can actually have a good team to watch. Because without without having a good team, like I'm not really a big soccer fan. Like uh, to be to be completely blunt, like I I don't like watching soccer if my teams are not good. Unlike other sports, I can watch the Devils suck all time all day, but I enjoy watching hockey. So I I can't do that with soccer, so I I, I have nothing I have nothing else about about <laughs> just, USA. you are just
1: sitting there like oh they suck.
0: And they do. They
1: do. It's the truth. I mean, yeah, we we have Pulisic, we have McKinney. We have a young team right now that will be good in a few years. I believe by the time that we have the 2026 World Cup, the United States men's soccer team is going to be legit. Are they going to be able to compete with the big boys? No. But we will have a much better team that I think can actually compete and maybe surprise a few people when the World Cup's in the United States in 2026. Right now, this team sucks. But mm-hmm. I, you can go back to, like, episode five when I went on a 30-minute rant that almost got the cops called the New Hope, and there'll probably be another one if we lose to Trinidad and fucking Tobago again. Um, the U.S. has such a good group of young players that can be the core playing in Europe. You obviously have Politics going to Chelsea. I fucking hate that. I have to hate his guts now because um, he plays for Chelsea. Um I love him when he's in America, American uniform. hate him when he's in freaking Chelsea's uniform. Uh, we got Weston McKinney out uh, in Schalke. We got Timothy Weah with Celtic, and he couldn't play in this tournament because he was with the USU 20s who made the quarterfinals of that World Cup tournament. We got Josh Sargent, who's wasn't even put on the team for no reason, but... I will still go back and defend that we have all these young players, like including all those names and Tyler Adams and all, Tim Ream. There's so many good young Americans playing in Europe right now. We still have Michael Fucking Bradley on the team. We still have. I almost want to make a Drake meme of, um, like you know from um, Hotline Bling, like the one where he's like looking away, like pushing it away, and the other one's him like, yeah, like the second panel's him being like, yeah, that's good. The first panel would be all those names I just included. And the second panel would be Will fucking Trap. I have no idea what this guy did to get into the men's national team. Is he good? Yes. He's older, and he's nowhere near as good as all those names that I just mentioned. But for whatever reason, the U.S. keeps putting him in, and he keeps fucking up, and they keep putting him back in. I'm sorry. I know I'm going on a cursing rant, but I can't stand the fact that they keep playing freaking Will Trap. I don't get it. It's dumb. It's stupid. But that's why we're sitting here saying the United States soccer team sucks. Um, and then lastly, to wrap it up, we got Copa America going on. Um, we have That's the South America tournament, the Cotton Bowl tournament, also including Japan and Qatar who were invited. They were the finalists in the Asian Cup um, tournament. I don't get Argentina. Argentina's in last in their group. They need a win in their last game, and a bunch of other teams to lose, or else they're not going to advance to the group stage. And this was supposed to be their tournament. They're saying this is the Argentina's finally going to get it right, and they might not even advance into the next round. Rick, how the hell can not Argentina figure their crap out with arguably one of the best players to ever grace the game with Leo Messi? Uh,
0: I think the big reason is. Um, Leo, Leo Messi, he's still an amazing player, but yes, he is not the same as he used to be. He, he is old now. But you can't uh, with a with the with the game that is so crucial to have m- multiple good players. And they do have good players, but multiple good players to play together and work together. They're they're to me like how the Celtics were last season. Like, the, they have, they're have they great on paper, but they just can't get it together. And with Leo Messi leading that team, you can't just have one guy be the overall leader. They're, he used to be able to do this, but I don't think he's able to do it anymore.
1: No, because all, all these other teams know that, too. It's, you beat Argentina, you throw five people at Messi and let other people beat you, and they can't. Argentina on paper is better than Portugal is, but they can play around Ronaldo. For whatever reason, Argentina is a ridiculously stacked team that just can't figure their crap out. Their Their whole FA just needs to completely liquidate, and they just need to start over from scratch. But, Rick, you know who does not need to start over from scratch? Us, because we have just completed our 50th episode. Yes, what a sir. milestone, dude. Can't, can't believe we've made it. <laughs>
0: can wait for 50 more.
1: That's right, baby. Can't wait. Episode 100 coming your way. Um, and many more episodes will be coming your way, too, now that it is summertime. Um, so make sure you're on the watch out for those. Um, you can find us, the Wide Open Sportscast, on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and TuneIn. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at wideopen_sports. underscore sports. Rick and I are headed to Zach Brown Band tomorrow.
0: Yeah, man. I actually need to listen to their new album because I have no idea of their new any of their new stuff. And I was just told twenty dollars tickets to see Zach Brown band. I was like, okay. No.
1: <laughs> Wait, really? That's what you snagged them for? Not a, That's not bad that at all for lawn seats.
0: Uh, that's that's what I paid paid Brooks for. I think maybe a little bit more than that, but not. I wouldn't say over thirty.
1: It's still for for Zach Brown band. It's still a good deal because their tickets usually go for a lot more. Yes alrighty folks and with that I am Feds I am Rick have a great morning, evening, afternoon whenever you're listening to us take care let's go devils
0: you know my
1: old car needs washing and the front yard needs a trim and the telephone keeps ringing And the boss man knows I know it's him, and the bills ain't gonna pay themselves, don't matter anyway,
0: cause I ain't in
1: no hurry today.